Thank you, Jenny. And I especially thank you to Gerard, who wrote that wonderful tune to the anthem that we just heard. I found uh, the words to that song, and I loved it so much, but the music didn't quite go, so Gerard wrote that wonderful tune. Thank you so much. Not you. Oh, it said you on the thing. Well, whoever wrote that piece of music, it was very beautiful. <laughs> Let's pray together. Loving Lord God, open our hearts and our minds now as we contemplate your word. Enable us to see you in our midst and to follow the path that you lay before us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, one of the wonderful things that I get to do in my role here as deacon at Methodist Central Hall Westminster is to go and see St. Vincent's Family Project. Uh, for those of you who don't know, this is a project based here in our building, uh, sort of in the far corner there, and it works with families and uh, children in and around Westminster. Uh, they do amazing work. They do art therapy, they have a father's group, uh, they do healthy eating and cooking courses, all sorts of wonderful work going on there. Um, and one of the things that they have is drop-in sessions uh, for children, toddlers and babies and their carers. And in the busyness of Holy Week, I was able to go into one of these drop-in sessions and read the Easter story to the children. Uh, it was a moment of real joy and a highlight for me in the midst of the busyness and the activities and all the services and everything that was going on, as it rightly should have been, in that very Holy Week. But as I was reading this Easter story, I had two little boys sat right in front of me, and they were looking up at me with these big eyes in wonder, attention captured throughout the whole of this storytelling. They were just amazed at this story, completely enthralled. And it is an amazing story, isn't it? You can understand why they were completely enthralled with the telling of it. Uh, hopefully, I was telling it well enough that it captured that attention. This story of this man who lived and who died and who rose again. And like those two little boys, I often feel wide-eyed when I think about the story of this man. This incredible story of what happened in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago that still impacts us today. Lives were changed then and lives continue to be changed today because of him. In our gospel reading that we just heard, we had two people whose lives were completely changed by this man. And they were walking and they were talking, telling the story of what had happened in the previous days or telling some of the story at least. Cleopas and his companion are traveling from Jerusalem to Emmaus. It's about seven miles, we're told. And as they walk, they talk. It's been a tough few days. From the high of Jesus's entry into Jerusalem with the crowds crying, hallelujah, glory to the king. From that moment of absolute joy, things have taken a turn for the worse. In fact, the worst of all has happened. Jesus has been arrested and killed in the most gruesome of ways, hung on a cross. And so Cleopas and his companion, this other unnamed disciple, have taken their leave from Jerusalem. They've had enough. Jesus, it turns out, wasn't who they thought he was. Not the Messiah, a prophet perhaps, a good teacher, he knew the scriptures and he had done amazing things, yes, 
but he wasn't who they thought he was. He hasn't overturned Roman rule. Israel hasn't been returned to its former glory. They think that the story has ended. So they're making their way from Jerusalem and all that has happened there, turning their backs on the horror of the last few days, the pain and their crushed hopes. I mean, there had been those accounts, haven't there, of those women going to the tomb and finding it empty and finding some angels. But that was only some women, and it was probably wishful thinking, a bit of nonsense to try and ease the tensions, trying to make people feel better. I have to admit that I have some sympathy with Cleopas and his companion. All that they had hoped for, their dreams, have been dashed. They don't know what life is going to look like now. They had plans, they had hopes, they had ambitions, and that all seems lost. They don't know what they're meant to do. Perhaps you've had times when you have felt like that. Your hopes and dreams lying in ruins, unsure of what's to come next. I have certainly felt like that at times in my life. So what do these two companions decide to do? They go for a walk try and get away from it all. They turn their backs on Jerusalem and head out of town. Little do they know. It seems as though they're going in entirely the wrong direction, at least to us, because of course we have the benefit of hindsight, don't we? We want to shout at them, no, turn back. Just you wait, amazing things are about to happen. Only they don't need to turn back, do they? They don't need to turn back for an amazing thing to happen to them. God brings an incredible encounter to them, right where they are, in the midst of their going the wrong way. Because there is no path that we can walk on in this life where we can't meet Jesus. Jesus walks each and every road with us. Sometimes, like these disciples, we need to be turned round and sent back the way we've come. Other times, we might be told to carry on, that we're going in the right direction. Or maybe, perhaps, we might be given a new path altogether, sent in a new way that we never thought that we would go. Whatever the case, we can know that the risen Jesus will meet us on the roads that we travel. Perhaps like these two disciples, we won't recognize Jesus when he meets us on the road. We too might be caught off guard by his question, what are you discussing while you travel? We too might wonder, don't you know? Haven't you heard? My life has been turned on its head. What I thought was the answer to my questions haven't resolved life as I thought that it would. And Jesus might offer us remarkable teaching and unpack the word of God for us. And yet we still might not see, might not recognize who is with us, traveling alongside us. So often we do not see what is right in front of us. Even though these two were followers of Jesus, they knew him, had traveled with him, had heard him teach and seen him perform amazing things. Even still, they did not recognize him. They still didn't know who was walking alongside them as they walked and they talked, not even as he explained the scriptures to them. 
but their eyes are opened. They are opened when they stop for the evening and share a meal together, as they have done so many times before. Jesus takes the bread, he gives thanks, breaks it and gives it to them. And it's in these actions that finally Cleopas and his companion finally know who is before them. In these familiar everyday acts, Jesus is revealed. I wonder what it is that they were reminded of. Perhaps it was the Last Supper, that final meal that they had shared together of bread and wine, where Jesus had washed their feet and declared a betrayer among them. Maybe they remembered happier times, the feeding of the 5,000, where Jesus had taught the crowds and, as it grew late, used what it was that they had to provide abundantly for all who were present. Bread is broken and Jesus is made known. Much like when that gardener says Mary's name and the master is revealed. Or when the wounds are shown to Thomas and all doubts are removed. Revelation comes from simple words and actions. Jesus says our names, lets us see his vulnerability, and invites us to share a meal. Jesus reveals himself to each of us, each in our own way and in different places on our journeys. But we all are invited to see the Christ who is traveling on the road with us. The question for us is, how will we respond? Will we turn and rush back to tell others of what has happened, what we have seen and experienced? Will we seek to share the joy that we have found? We can all be assured that whatever path we are currently on, Jesus will meet us where we are. There is no direction that is so wrong that Jesus can't help us to turn back. As the psalmist says in Psalm 116, I love the Lord for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy because he turned his ear to me. I will call on him as long as I live. We too can call on the Lord for as long as we live and he will hear our cries. Jesus meets us where we are and is revealed to us in the everyday things of life, in having our names known, in sharing a meal with friends. Whether your heart is filled with joy or despair today, know that Jesus is alongside you, wanting to hear your story, wanting to share in your story with you, offering you life in all its fullness. Amen.